Okay, so my name is Molly Chenault and I'm the Public Services Librarian at the Emporia Public Library and today is September the 8th, 2020. Um, and but if you would like to go ahead and say your name and tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay, um, my name is Piper Hayes. I work at my family's ranch in Cedar Point. Um, it's the oldest continuously family owned ranch in Kansas. It's been in our family for 165 years. So yeah, I just take care of cows and stuff out there. Are you a student as well? Uh, I actually graduated from Butler uh, this spring. That's exciting. Can I ask what you majored in? Agriculture. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> um, so when did you first hear about the coronavirus? Um, I think I first heard about it in mid-January, like about when Wuhan locked down, and I was like, oh, like, this is real. Like, this is kind of scary. Do you feel like when you heard about it in January, because that's a little bit earlier than people typically tell me they heard about it, do you feel like it was a lot of rumors or did you feel like it was serious then? Uh, I think at that point, like when they locked down Wuhan, I thought, oh, this is scary, but they're going to keep it under control. Like it'll just be in China and we'll be fine. Or maybe it would be like swine flu where everyone freaks out and then it's not that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, about March, it was like, started getting scary. <laughs> so we started seeing cases in the United States. When did it, the pandemic become real to you in your personal life? So I actually had jury duty on March 16th, which was the day before they shut down the courthouse. And uh, it was kind of bizarre. Like everyone was trying to give each other space, but no one was wearing masks because we didn't know. And like, it just felt like this is wrong. Like, I don't think that we should be here and like this close to people. Then later that week, I went down to El Dorado to meet with an advisor and I walked into the building five minutes after they announced they were going online for the rest of the semester. And it was just chaos. Like it was insane, but still it's so weird because you're standing close to people. No one's wearing a mask. You're just using hand sanitizer all the time. And we're like, this is fine, but we were taking really not taking the right precautions right everyone seemed so anxious and we just were not doing the right things at that point did um did you know like what the recommended guidelines for masks and things were or was that just the start of hey you should really stay home and yeah that was like i think i'd seen a couple of people wearing masks at the grocery store and i thought they were paranoid and now I'm like, if I see someone not wearing a mask, I'm like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> yeah, it was just, it's bizarre to think now that we really just, I don't know, I felt so anxious about it and I was trying to stay home, but yeah, I wasn't wearing a mask. I was bleaching all my groceries when I got home from the grocery store, but I was just walking around like, it's fine. Where do you normally get your, you like your news? Where do you find or did you find throughout the summer information on the pandemic that you felt kind of kept you up to date? I usually listen to NPR and follow the New York Times and stuff. I trust them. Yeah. Do you feel like the amount of information was too much or did it ever conflict? Yeah, especially at first. And when there were a lot of rumors going around on social media, like 
no one really knew what a lockdown was going to be like and there were people saying oh you're going to need a note to get out of the county or to get out of the town and like there's going to be police patrolling everywhere and that never happened but right. i usually i trust npr and <laughs> now do you have children or extended family living in your home with you no i lived with my parents when it first started but now I live on my own, but I'm around my grandparents a lot because I work with them. So I tried to be extra careful just because, you know, I don't want to infect them being around them all the time. Is the work that you do at the ranch, is that something that like you can socially distance for or were there safety precautions that you guys took there or concerns about it? I can't really socially distance from my grandparents. I mean, especially my grandpa, we work really closely, but, um, like when we have the cowboys out to work cattle, I definitely try to keep distance, but it's still hard when you're working in a shoot and trying to give shots and stuff. It's, and none of them want to wear masks. They all think it's a hoax. So it makes it kind of difficult. So what changes did you notice um, right away when things started getting shut down? I mean, it really affected my life. I mean, I kind of thought it was nice at first because I'm an introvert and it was like, oh, I can stay at home and do my embroidery and stuff and it's fine. And we were capping when it first started. So it's like I was working a lot anyway and it didn't really affect me that much. And then, you know, you can just feel like the anxiety and it got lonely after like so many months and you start feeling like, oh, this is never going to be over. And of course, I worried about the people I know that have small businesses, and I know it was really hard for them. Was there anything that changed gradually, so you only noticed it a couple months down the road, maybe? I think it's just wearing on people. I know it's wearing on me. Like, it's just, it's hard. It's <laughs> and I think we're all kind of grieving what life used to be like, and that it's probably not going to go back to being the same and I've lost relationships with like friends and family because they just don't care and to me not wearing a mask and not protecting people around you is selfish and I think that yeah it's hard to be you know involved with people who are that selfish right um, so can you tell me a little bit about your like, job situation right now? Has that been affected in any way by the pandemic? I've been working this whole time. I've been really lucky just because we are socially, I mean, I only work with one other person 99% of the time, so I can socially distance and, you know, cattle still need to be fed. They're still having babies. And so life has kind of gone on in that way. And we were lucky. We sold cattle out of the feedlot in January before prices really tanked. But if we had been selling them in mid-March, we would have just been in a really bad position. Even with, we did get a CARES payment, but it's, it was really bad for people that were selling cattle in mid-March. When we sold cattle in January, we sold them for about $1.22 a pound. And in mid-March, they were selling for about 80 cents. For most people, break-even is $1.10. So you're losing 30 cents a pound on a 1,500-pound animal. It's 
a lot of money. There were rumors of, a, of like a beef shortage. Was that anything that you guys heard about? Yeah, and I heard a lot of people were upset at ranchers because they thought we were making all the money. Right. <laughs> saw, there wasn't beef in the grocery stores, and then it got more expensive because a lot of the packing plants had outbreaks and they had to shut down. Well, the problem is when the packing plants shut down, they don't buy cattle. So cattle prices drop, but they can raise prices on meat that you buy in the grocery store. So they made huge profits while the ranchers were losing money and the consumers were paying more for meat. I think there was a Facebook page that was like a farm direct buy. Uh, Do you guys do anything with that? Uh, I got added to that group. The problem we ran into was, well, we'd sold all of our fat cattle in January. We couldn't get any processing dates at the slaughter. Like once in a while, we'll take one steer to the slaughterhouse and then that'll be like our meat for the year. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't get any animals in. Like they had, most of them are booked until next summer. So we had people asking if they could buy a beef and we're like, it's going to be a year and a half before you can get it. And then you couldn't even buy freezers or anything for a while. So, Do you think that life will eventually get back to normal? I don't know. I hope when a vaccine comes out that things will go back to normal. But also there was a study that came out that like 60% of people would take the vaccine. So <laughs> you've got 40% of people that, yeah, I don't know. And I feel like I trust people less because I've seen just how selfish a lot of people are. And yeah, I, I don't know if things will ever be normal. Do you think there's anything, any of the changes that we're going to take away from the pandemic long-term? Like, what do you think is going to stick around? I don't know. I almost feel like mask wearing might stick around. I always thought it was kind of weird, but now, like, especially going into flu season, I'm like, it, it just kind of makes sense. I don't, <laughs> and I hope that I'm optimistic and I hope that people will be nicer to each other and kinder, but. It's <laughs> a good thing to hope for, for sure. You mentioned earlier that the pandemic had impacted your relationship with, like, family and friends. Could you talk a little bit more about how that has affected you? Yeah, I think just the fact that it became such a political thing. Like I had family members that we already didn't agree on politics. And since 2016, it's been difficult to get along with them anyway. But yeah, just seeing the blatant selfishness of not caring about other people or being convinced that it's a hoax it just is hard to have any sort of relationship with those people. It's, and as much as I love them, it's like, if you really don't care about other people, I don't want to have anything to do with you. Have any of your friendships blossomed over online? Um, Has it been easier for you to check in with people? Not really. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) That's one of the things that people are having a really hard time with, I think, not just being able to go and see people in person. Yeah. And I think it was, at first, it's like, okay, like, Zoom brunch and whatever. And now it's like, oh, God, I just want to get out of the house. Like, <laughs> Right. 
fun since everything is now online. Um, people are just getting so burnt out on mm -hmm. the meetings and things. Yeah. Um, have you picked up any any habits over the over the summer that have come about from having to to like change the way you do things that you can think of? Honestly, it's kind of weird growing up in the country. I'm used to like going to the grocery store once every two weeks and you do all your errands in one day. And so I, and like prepping food and cooking from scratch. So it like really didn't affect me much in that way. Like everyone was hoarding food and I'm like, no, this is just how I buy food, like two weeks at a time. And then you don't have to leave your house. It's normal for you. Yeah. <laughs> do you think that, do you think that anything um, good or positive ha you've seen happening because of the changes that we've had to make because of the pandemic? I think at first, especially people were being very kind to each other and we all kind of felt like we were in this together. Like, especially when I had jury duty, I was surprised. Like we were all kind of anxious and scared, but you know, we all felt the same way. And now that it's become so politicized, I think people, there's less of that. But I hope that people do care about each other more and are kinder to each other because of this. Is there anything else that you've experienced over the last, um, gosh, I think it's been six or seven months now, that, that you'd like to talk about? I don't know. <laughs> it's okay, and it's okay if not. I'd like to give people the opportunity just in case the questions don't cover something. 